Please turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Remember again, we are talking about God calling us to higher things or a higher life. What the Apostle Paul calls the high calling of God. And um, our foundation scripture for the series has been Philippians 3. So I want to start there. Philippians 3 verse 13. The Apostle Paul says, Forgetting those things which are behind Reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of the high calling of God in Christ. And that's verse 14. So once again, this is talking about leaving things behind. Once again, this is talking about making an effort to move forward in our life. Can I get an amen on that? It takes effort to move forward. <laughs> you know, so many people just want to live where they live and stay the same. I, I would, I'd encourage you to move forward. I would encourage you to be better. Hallelujah. Especially because of everything that the Lord has done for us. So again, we see from this that there is a high life that God has called us to. And remember again that, you know, we want to live this kind of life because we want to be an example to others that there is a better life. Amen. And also that there is a God that loves them. And the reason why we live this way is because there's something so much greater than us looking after us. And they can have the same thing. You know, your life preaches so much louder than your words. I'm trying to think of the things to say. <laughs> I'm a little slow, I told you. All right? Your life preaches so much louder. You know, somebody once said that, you know, people are straining to hear what you're saying above what you do. Because your life speaks, the actions, your actions speak so much louder than what you say. Amen. And when your actions match your words, then you've got a, a winning combination. You know, parents are famous for <laughs> doing the opposite. They tell their kids, don't do this, and they go do it. The kid watches them do it, and then they go do it. And then they discipline the child for doing it. And they're going, why did you do this? Well, you did it. Hello. <laughs> okay. You know, I, I've found that the way to, to train up, you know, it doesn't say necessarily to teach a child. It says train up a child. Do you know what training involves? You showing them how to do things. And you are showing them how to do things all the time. You don't realize it, but they are watching you. <laughs> okay. Amen. Never mind. This is not one of those series. All right. Back to this. Uh, Remember again, we're looking at resilience at the moment, and today will be the last lesson. It's gone one lesson more than I, I, I was uh, planning on, but so be it. Um, remember again that resilience is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties, and in a word, it's toughness. And, you know, again, we're talking about being tough. You know, we, I know we pray that nothing happens to us, but we are living in a fallen world. And remember, we covered this before that Jesus said the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Right. Remember that? Okay, that was in John 10.10. 10. And, and, and again, the reason why Micah says, you know, do not rejoice over me, and this is our foundation scripture for this part of the series, do not rejoice over me, this is Micah 7.8, do not rejoice over me, my enemy, when I fall, I will arise. Okay, yeah, we're going to fall, but we will arise. We will get back up. Hallelujah. And uh, remember 2 Corinthians 2.14, I'm doing a quick re revision, all right, <laughs> just to get us all to where we left off. Remember again that in 2 Corinthians 2.14, the Apostle Paul wrote and said, Now thanks be unto God who always, always, not sometimes, but always, causes us to triumph in Christ. 
Amen? Amen. Family, if the Apostle Paul tells us this, then always is always. There shouldn't be a hit and a miss thing. (laughs) Amen? Now, I I said to you again that, you know, we are imperfect. And so we're going to do things that are going to cause problems along the way. It's never on God's end. It's always on our end somewhere. All right? It's either the devil or we miss something. (laughs) All right? And if we can stick to that, then we will look to God for help because we know that he didn't miss anything. We're the ones missing something. Are you all with me? It is a real key thing. And remember in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13, the Apostle Paul encourages us to stand fast in the faith, be brave, be courageous, and be strong. These are verses of Scripture that are talking to us to tell us to be resilient. Amen. Now, I know there's other verses of Scripture that says other things, but today we're looking at this. Okay. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> Romans 8.18 I really love this because this is kind of going to be our jumping off point to what I want to talk about today. That's when We looked at this before as well. That's when the Apostle Paul says, again, Romans 8, 18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy, are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. He is promising us something unbelievable at the end of all of this. He says you can't even compare the two. If you hold the two together, it's just ridiculous. It's kind of like holding a candle next to the sunlight. You know what I mean? It's just, (laughs) forget that, okay? It doesn't even compete. That doesn't even come close. And that's literally what we're like right now. Whatever we're going through is kind of like a candle's worth compared to, you know, the sun itself in all of its fullness. That's That's the reward that's coming. That's the blessing that's waiting for us. Hallelujah. You can see why now. You know, the Apostle Paul says, and this is the reason why he said, don't look at things over here. We need to look beyond this. Amen? We really need to understand there's more to us than what we see in the mirror. Remember that? Okay. All right. So, and the reason why he says in Galatians uh, 6, 9, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap. In due season we shall reap if we faint not. And then remember, we went on to look at the, the parable that Jesus spoke uh, in Luke 18 about, remember, he said, I just want to read the first verse when he said, uh, in Luke 18, well, let me just read it. He says, then he, that's Jesus, spoke a parable to them that men ought always, and ladies as well, okay, always to pray and not to faint, lose heart, and give up. And then we went and talked about that little woman, <laughs> remember, who went to the judge and said, I need to be avenged. And the judge wouldn't listen because he didn't care about God, he didn't care about people, and she just stuck on him like white on rice. And he gave in, <laughs> okay? I mean, this little widow compared to this big judge, and she wins. I think that's incredible. And remember, Jesus said, shall not God avenge his own elect who cried day and night, you know, and he says, though he bear with him long. So he says again, God isn't our problem. You know, we need to do what we need to do. We need to be resilient. Can I get an amen? amen? We need to be resilient, family. And remember, we went and looked at, uh, oh, there's so much, coming to an end, all right? <laughs> In Acts chapter 16, remember, we went and looked at Paul and Silas. Boy, I tell you, talk about resilience. Right. They were beaten, they were put in jail, and they sang... I mean, who sings? I'd be mourning. You know, like, ouch. They were beaten with many stripes, okay? And instead of mourning and groaning and carrying on, this is resilience. Amen. I mean, they weren't upset. They just started to just give thanks to God. And I'm going to talk to you about that today. 
in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. What did they do? Let's go there because this is where I left off and this is where I want to pick up. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, the Apostle Paul is writing and says, In everything, give thanks. The NIV says, give thanks in all circumstances. He didn't say, give thanks for everything. You see, the problem is we don't understand how to give thanks in everything. So, you know, you say, well, when I'm in a good situation, what do I give thanks for? Thank God for the good situation. <laughs> you know, thank you, Lord, for this blessing. Hallelujah. I'm just enjoying it. And when you thank God, you keep the door open for the blessing to continue. But what about what happens if it's a bad thing? Well, then you thank God for the deliverance from it. Because you don't want to be in it. <laughs> Amen. See, in everything, we need to learn to give thanks. Because while we're giving thanks, it leaves the door open for God to communicate with us. And also for God to bless us, for God to rescue us, for God to deliver us, for God to strengthen us, for God to give us wisdom. I could go on and on and on. Are you all with me? Okay, it just leaves the door open. Hallelujah. And so we really need to understand that that's, that's what this is about. See, g- giving thanks is about keeping the door open. Giving thanks is about saying, God, when, when it is a good thing, <laughs> you can thank him for it. And he goes, oh, good. <laughs> you know? And he will continue to bless you and con- continue to lead you into greater things. You see, we sometimes think that, think that the blessing that we have is all that there is. And sometimes we have just only entered our promised land. There is so much more to go discover. Hallelujah. Okay. And giving thanks allows you to get led into greater and greater blessing. Amen. But at the same time, on the other side, you know, if something is going wrong, the reason you give thanks is to say, well, thank you, Lord. You said in your word that we are to be more than conquerors, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that we are to overcome. And so I'm just thanking you right now. This is not from you, and I'm going to talk to you about that in a minute. This is not from you. Therefore, I'm going to ask you for help right now, and I know I will receive it. And whatever the devil is trying to do, it will fail in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's it. Are you with me? All right. <laughs> okay. I told you I'll slow down, but I won't slow down. All right. <laughs> Second, let's go to 2 Thessalonians 3.3. 3. Because this, <laughs> the reason you're resilient, this is why you can be resilient, you know, because it's one thing to tell you to be resilient, but then again, you need to know why and how and all the rest of it. So I'm going to deal with that today. 2 Thessalonians, Thessalonians. <laughs> as Larry would call it, but Thessalonians 3.3, 3. <laughs> the Apostle Paul writes and says, but the Lord is faithful. The Lord is faithful. The Lord is faithful. We need to get a revelation that the Lord is faithful. You know, we may not be too faithful toward him, but he's always faithful toward us. He doesn't change just because we mess up. See, this is a thing that, you know, this is something we need to deal with a little bit. You know, when we do something wrong, you know, we just think, oh, God's angry with us, and now he's turned his back on us. And he never does that. If he wants to do that, the John 3, 16 wouldn't say what it said. God so loved the world in all of their rebellion, in all of their doing all the wrong things, he still loved them. So we, we really need to understand this, family, that the Lord is faithful regardless of where we are. He is faithful. And it says here, but the Lord is faithful. He says, who will establish you and guard you. Who will establish you and guard you from all evil, or from the evil one, it says here. This is at the center of resilience, God's faithfulness. And it is a faithfulness that comes from his love. 
You see, we need to understand that he's faithful to us because he loves us. He doesn't begrudgingly do things for us. We need to get this now, okay? God doesn't do things for us because, well, bless God, I have to. Oh, bless me, I have to, because it's God. Okay? <laughs> okay? It's not because of that. It, he loves us so much that he is falling over his, you know, whatever, to try to get to us, to bless us, to help us. And it saddens him when we turn our back on him or when we think that he is upset, that he is, doesn't want to, you know, reply us or doesn't want to do something. It saddens God when we think that way. Because otherwise, you know, just understand something. The cross was enough for everything that we would ever do wrong in our life. No matter how far we drift from God, the cross was more than enough, is more than enough, will always be more than enough. Are you all with me? And so you need to know, regardless of how much you might fail and fall and so on and so forth, and why you need to say, when I fall, I will arise. Why? Because God is faithful, because God loves me, and because God is looking for me to get back on my feet. And not have a pity party. Amen. Amen. We see this in Romans chapter 8. Let's go there. Romans chapter 8. Verses 36 through 39. It says, As it is written, For your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted. Notice it says accounted. Didn't say you are, but it says we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. This is what the devil thinks. This is what people think. But this isn't what the the truth is, because verse 37, he says, yet in all of these things, he doesn't say we are sheep. It says in all of these things, we are what? More than conquerors through him who loved us. You know, I want you to realize who this is being written to. These are the Romans. These guys conquered the known world. (laughs) You know, you think Paul is going to write a wimpy gospel to them? Are you kidding me? They chew it up and spit it out. Some of the stuff that we preach today is, I mean, they would just be sick. God, I don't want this. This is useless. Hello. <laughs> okay. That's why, you see, the Apostle Paul knew, he knew his audience, man. I mean, he was talking to them. These people conquered. And he said, you want to be more than a conqueror? Now that will get a Roman's attention. You got more, yeah? What more is there? (laughs) You know, okay? And he goes, listen, this is how it works. All right? There is something more. You can be more than what you have ever thought you could be. More than what the Roman government ever promised you. You can be more than a conqueror. But it is through God. Because now you are starting to move into realms that are beyond this physical realm. You are learning how to now defeat things that cannot be seen that cause the problems. Boy, I tell you, you know, you can hammer away at a tree. You can cut its branches off, but if the, if the root and the thing is still there, it will keep growing more branches. God tells us, cut the root, cut it at the root, kill it at the root, and all the branches will die off by itself. Why waste time with the branches when you can just attack the root? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Against, but against what? But we do wrestle. See, there's still a fight. Put on the whole armor of God because there's a fight. And we talked about this before. All right. And he says in verse 37, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Verse 38, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, now watch the list, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor, present, or, nor things present, nor things to come. Verse 39, No height, nor depth, nor 
<laughs> any other created thing, he says, I don't, I don't know what else to say. Right. Everything created, okay? He says, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the bond. That's the strength. That's why when I fall, I will arise because daddy is there. He's holding his hand out. Reach out, grab it, and get back up. Can I get a little amen on that? Okay. <laughs> Why? <laughs> James chapter 1. Let's go to James chapter 1. You know, if I finish early, I finish early. Okay, is that all right? Because yeah. I'm going for another one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's see how we go. <laughs> James, it's always the other way, isn't it? James chapter 1, verse 12. Watch this. He says, blessed is the man or woman who perseveres under trial. Why should you get up? Because there's a blessing. It says, blessed is a man or woman who perseveres under trial. Because when, or he, when he or she has stood the test, he or she will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those that love him. Oh, I know God's testing me and trying me. Oh, you have that problem. Let's go to the next verse. One more verse. Let's read one more verse. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God. Nobody. See, we do that. We always say God's doing something for us. Listen, man, James just... See, James, a pastor like him. He's one of those dirty, hairy pastors. You know, he's just kind of like... He lets you know, right down the line. This is how it is, okay? He, and he, he can see this wimpy little Christian coming and going, Oh, God says... Oh, come on, man. What did you do wrong? Oh, I didn't do... Don't we like to play the innocent card? The victim card. The oh, woe is me card. You know, whenever I do something wrong, I admit I did something wrong, got myself into trouble, now God needs to get me out. Most Christians go, oh, God is testing and trying me and gives him a black eye for the problem they're going through because they did something wrong. Or the devil's attacking them and he, they, can't, they don't have the insight, the wisdom to know that because nobody ever preached it to them. Everything is God, you understand. Hello. So, <laughs> James goes, excuse me. He said, let nobody say when they're tempted, they're tempted of God. Why? Because he says, God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. That's, right. That's it. See, there is a problem for people who think, I'm going to deal with this now, okay? Otherwise, you're not going to arise. When you fall, you'll stay there. Okay? I'm going to teach you how and why. Listen, understand something. For those people that say that God's behind their problem, they can't ask God for help because he's the problem. Did you get that? And to ask God for help and for him to help you would be him working against himself to help you. Because after all, he's the one that set it up to test you and see if you really love him. He's not that insecure. That's you, dude. That's not God, that's you. Don't get you and God mixed up. Because you're fallen, he ain't. Amen, he's still perfect. He loves us perfectly. In him there is no darkness at all. Did you get that? There is no darkness at all. People never get what that means. Because the Apostle John says that God is light. There's no darkness at all in him. Put those two together, you begin to, a picture begins to form and you begin to realize where all the problems are coming from. 
The darkness is something else. Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and then fool you into thinking it was God. Do you get this? All right. In fact, <laughs> that's why the Apostle James goes on to say in verses 16 and 17, is, this is the same chapter when he said, blessed. That's why, that's why you are blessed. Do you understand why you are blessed now? Because in spite of whatever attack is coming against you, number one, you don't blame God for it. And number two, you make an effort to get out. And you will ask God, do you know why? Because he says in verses 16 and 17, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. He says, don't, let this, don't ever let the devil deceive you. Don't ever let the devil deceive you into thinking God is your problem. And he goes and says in verse 17, because he says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. Do you see this? He's saying, you want to, if you want to thank God or if you want to blame God for anything, blame God for all the good and perfect gifts. <laughs> okay? You blame him for that. That he will take the blame for. Everything wonderful in your life, everything amazing in your life came from him. And that's why he says, it's from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom, see, notice he calls him the Father of lights, not darkness. With whom, he says, there is no variation or shadow of turning. In other words, he's not going to suddenly change. He's not going to be light one minute and darkness the next, just like the church team to preach today. He is not like that, <laughs> okay? He is consistent. He is constant. Can I use a word? He is faithful. Oh, hallelujah. Man, he's on your side. Woo! Amen. <laughs> we need to understand more than anything else, in order for this to work, that God is not our problem. In order for all this to work, we need to come to the place where we identify the enemy for what he's doing in our life. That we identify God for what he will do in our life. And I want to take you to some scriptures in a minute, but I want to give you some examples of the rewards that are waiting for you when you overcome. Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2. You know, if this wasn't in red, you'd think it was talking about Jesus. But Jesus is talking, so it can't be about him. This is his promise to us. Everybody looks at stuff in Revelation and goes, Oh, yeah, brother, that is, you know, that's all talking about all about Jesus. Because it sounds like that. This stuff is so outrageous. You'd think it was God promising Jesus this because he's so perfect. But if we confess our sin... He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness, return us back to a place of perfect righteousness and sinlessness before God so that we can start to walk in these blessings. Right. Amen. Amen. So in Revelation chapter 2, let's go there. I want to give you revelations today. A couple of verses. These are not all the verses. Okay, I'll just pick three. All right. First of all, Jesus is speaking and he says, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You know, you are part of the church. Say amen. The churches is you. Okay? Don't think of some building somewhere. You're not gonna, not, these are not for a building. This is for you. Okay? He says, to him or her. Notice now he's getting personal. To him or her who overcomes, he says, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Oh, hallelujah. Sorry, I'm just in a dancing mood now. Okay, I mean, that's what we're heading for. That's one of the blessings when you overcome. If you don't overcome, no tree. <laughs> okay? All right. Let's go to Revelation chapter 3. 
<laughs> verse 5. Revelation 3 and verse 5. It says, he or she who overcomes. Notice again, it overcomes. When I fall, I will arise. I shall arise. I'm not going to stay down there because I will overcome. Because there is blessing. There are blessings waiting for me. Amen? Revelation 3, 5. He says, for he or she who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. You know, that is purity. That is righteousness. Oh, hallelujah. And I will not blot out his or her name from the book of life. But, oh, wait for this. Here it comes. But I will confess him or his or her name before my father and before his angels. Oh, here is Vandana. And all the angels go, hey, Vandana. Okay, all right. <laughs> Take a few bows. Okay, now, listen, this is what, because he is king of kings and lord of lords. He's announcing you as you come in. You know those, <laughs> you know those fancy balls and they announce people as they come? You know, Mr. and Mrs. Know it all. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Have it all. <laughs> you know, because they like that, aren't they? So, you know, and, and, and you get announced, okay, as you walk in. And everybody's like, oh, yes, yes, yes. All right, that is happening in heaven. And they're calling out your name because you overcame. Are you getting this? Oh, Hallelujah. There's so many more, but there's one more I want to draw attention to, because this one's just incredible. Revelation chapter 3, verse 21. Revelation chapter 3, verse 21. It says, to him or her who overcomes. I, this is one people can't believe. That's why I said, it's not, if it's not in red, you won't know. Yeah. You think this was Jesus, yeah. God talking to Jesus, but Jesus is talking to you. Yeah. He says, to him or her who overcomes. I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Oh, boy. Amen. You want to fight for something? Fight for that. He wants that. He wants you to have that. He's saying this is what is waiting for you. Fight. Amen? Grow a backbone. <laughs> okay? All right. So, God, <laughs> I've said here, God desires us to live, and, to live overcoming lives. He wants us to live overcoming lives. And overcoming life, remember that Jesus said, the greatest of all is the servant of all. That's right. Do you know why you have to live an overcoming life? So that you can serve and be a blessing to people rather than be part of their problem. You know, when somebody comes and says, I've got problems, and you know the person that goes, oh, you think you've got problems? Wait till you hear my problems. Aren't we just so proud of our problems? And we want to say ours is so much worse than yours, instead of being the other way. Somebody says, I've got problems. You go, I've got the answer. What do you need? <laughs> you know? And do you have faith? If you don't, I'll pray, I'll pray for you. If you do have faith, I'll pray with you. If you just need agreement, I'm there. Whatever it takes, let's get you out and let's get you moving. Amen. Somebody, amen. Amen. Okay. All right. <laughs> I've said here again, God desires for us to live overcoming lives and to always look to him for help in all things. We need to look to God for help. Whatever we're going through, family, any problem, small or big, don't ever have a problem that you can handle. Right. Yeah, I'm sure you can, but, you know, just get God's wisdom on things. Because right. he might come up with a better solution. 
You still have to walk it out, but it was a better solution. Are you all with me? And, you know, you just learn to walk in the Spirit then. You learn to communicate with Him constantly. People talk about prayer being religious. That's what prayer is. It's you just talking to God. Do you know he talked about Enoch walked with God? He pleased God, Hebrews says. And we find walking with God and pleasing God the same thing. And you begin to realize that he just talked with God. He constantly communicated with God. And he had th that was his prayer life. He didn't go to a corner and go, okay, time to pray. Oh, here it comes, you know, one hour of sit and look at the stare at the wall or something. Wasn't the thing with him? With him, prayer. Understand prayer is communication with God. That's all it is. He just talked to God all the time. We are meant to be praying all the time. Did you know that? We're just meant to be communicating with him all the time. And he talks to us and we talk back. And, you know, do you have a prayer life? Yeah. Don't you talk to God? I do. <laughs> you got a prayer life. People say, well, I don't have time to pray. You don't have time to talk to God anytime through your day. You better be. Anyway, that's a prayer course. All right, let's get, <laughs> let's get back to this. That's a whole, yeah. Back to this. i got to read this. All right, so again, God desires for us to live overcoming lives and to always look to him for help in all things. And why? The psalmist says, in Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2, I did a uh, wedding season on this one. Yes, I know. People are nodding. All right. It says in Psalm 121, beginning verse 1, he says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. Whence comes hence. No. <laughs> okay. Don't you love it? Okay. So anyway, it says, from whence comes my help. All right. Verse 2, this is important. He says, my help comes from the Lord. He says, where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord. Watch, who made heaven and earth. You know why that's so important? Because he's saying it comes from the guy that knows everything, that did everything, who is God. You know, I mean, when you begin to realize that he is the one that made heaven and earth, then any problem that, that came out of something he made, he can fix. Amen. Amen. Do you understand? He's, he's acknowledging God as the one that created all things, and therefore if anything goes out of whack, he can fix it. And if he can't find a solution, he'll create one. That's right. <laughs> you know, that's one of the verses in the Bible. I, I, I'm trying to remember um, when Jesus, I think Jesus said this. He said, you know, whatever you ask in my name, all right, I will give it you, all right? In the actual Greek, it, it actually says, whatever you ask in my name, I will give it you. And if it doesn't exist, I will create it and give it to you. Amen. Right. I, it doesn't matter. Hallelujah. If it, don't, if it ain't there, he'll get it to you. He'll create it and go, whoa, yeah, look there. <laughs> Wasn't there before, now it is. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> You're with me? That's the reason why you go to him. Because if there isn't an, a solution, he'll make one. Oh, Hallelujah. That's what allows us to say with the Apostle Paul in Romans 8.31. What shall we say to these things if God is for us? If you go to God and if your help comes from God, this is the question you ask. If God is for us, who can be against us? The answer is no one. I mean, if God's on your side, Buckley's about everything else. You feel sorry for the guy that comes up against you. You think you know who you're messing with? You know how those people, you know... They, they, in a bad way, 
Do I give you this example? Anyway, uh, you, you know, those gangsters and mobsters and stuff, you know, you, you, you don't want to touch any of them because you touch them and the Godfather comes down on you and there's a piece of you here and there. And, you know, you mess with one of their little guys and you're done for. Except we have God the Father on our side. Hallelujah. I mean, he's there, man. Don't touch one of his. In fact, it said, don't touch my anointed. Amen. I don't care how big you think you're down here. You all don't know what's behind me. There are angels that are just itching for a fight. Michael's war angels, man, they're waiting to do something. They they sharpen their swords every morning. Anything out there? To, <laughs> you know, they, they, were, they were designed to fight. That's why when Lucifer tried to overthrow God, <laughs> Michael goes, are you sure about this? This is a bad career move. You weren't created for this. I was. I'm in a worship angel trying to take down the war angels. <laughs> that is not good planning. Of course he lost. You know. and, and, and he works for us. Michael works for us because he's the one that comes out. Remember when Daniel prayed and the angel was trying to get through? And he said, I had to go and get, you know, I ran into a problem. I, got, I went and got Michael. He took care of it. Here I am. <laughs> Hallelujah. So whatever problem you have, there are angels and there are things that are on your side that's so much bigger than you can imagine, so much more powerful. When you fall, get back up. That's why you can say, and I'm going to finish with this because I have one minute. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> Micah 7, 8. Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. You think this is the end? No. When I fall, I will arise. There is no question. Amen? Amen. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. <laughs> Father, we thank you for your word today. And we thank you, God, that we will be the people that you are looking for. Whatever we do in life, whenever we fall, we will arise. We'll get back up because we have so much going for us and because that's what your desire is. You just want to show yourself big on the inside of us, Lord, to help others. Not so we can boast, but so that we can boast about you and say the same help that we're getting the same life that we're leading, you can have this too. Hallelujah. So that we can rescue people from the kingdom of darkness and the power of darkness. And we thank you that we will continue to push, to press into that high calling, that high life, and be the example that you need us to be. Dispel the lies that have been told. Hallelujah. And bring the truth into people's lives. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen.